All right, start off with a question. This is a test. See how good you do. Here's my question. You ready? How many remember remember what last week's Bible study was about? God. <laughs> we just hit the point. <laughs> we hit the theme. How long does it take uh, to teach Johnny to make his bed? Johnny, <laughs> he never does. He never has. <laughs> Some mothers would say. 20 years, and maybe the same thing that Frida just said there. (laughs) A large part of parenting is reminding the children what they already know. But they have to be reminded a lot. Have you ever noticed that? The fact is, I think even adults um, have to be reminded too. Um, We easily forget things, very easily. Uh, We need frequent reminders. Constantly. That happens when you get older, too, not just... (laughs) Even worse, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Basic spiritual truths have to be reminded. Sometimes we can drift off course. Any teacher um, that's dealt with the Word of God or any kind of teaching, for that matter, school teachers and whoever, um, they know that people forget. And the teacher is uh, very much aware, very much aware of forgetfulness. And there's something that kind of goes along with that. Uh, we have to remind them and remind them over and over and over. And the, the, the thing that goes with that, even though um, like teachers of the Bible, let's say, have to continually teach things, say some of the same things that they said, only the the deal is is that it has to be said in a different way. Or otherwise it becomes so easily uh, familiar with something that as soon as you hear something that they're talking about, you turn it off until you hear something maybe a little different. So you go into it with teaching in a way that, okay, this is said before, but how can I come back around now and say the same thing only differently? And uh, so it's uh, it's always a trick to do that. Repeat the same great truth out of the Bible, but yet in a real fresh way. And uh, that can be very challenging. And that's what Peter is um, talking about in our text tonight in 12 and 13, 14 and 15. And uh, it's dealing with um, being reminded. Remembering. Constantly, because we have problems remembering. Let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank You for who You are. May we not ever forget who You are, what You've done. May we be able to take Peter's precious truths that he has given us in the first few verses of this chapter and take those and be able to use those, to be using using them frequently in our lives so that uh, they'll be fresh in our minds constantly. And uh, Lord, Your Word is definitely something that is simple but so profound. And we must be taught by Your Holy Spirit, reminded by Him to be able to put these truths into action. We thank You for this evening and for Your Word, for Your Spirit, and for Your people. 
as we gather together to uh, learn more about what your word's about. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's go ahead and read the text. Uh, we are in Second uh, Peter chapter 1, and we are uh, going to be starting at verse 12. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them, and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. So, there's, there's the thought that Peter has. And he, uh, he starts off with the fact that what they've already learned is found in those first 11 verses. And he wants them to remember them. And that's what he starts with, that great word, therefore. What's the therefore, therefore? To look back at what he's talked about. So he's summing it up. And he's getting ready to go into one of the greatest texts that's found in this particular uh, epistle. Uh, dealing with the Word of God. How did we get the Word of God? And uh, how do we know it's inspired? All those major things we'll be talking about next week. Uh, But just before that, he wants them to know, he wants them to know their salvation. He wants them to know Scripture. He wants them to be able to recall uh, such important things. So sound teachers, like Peter here, uh, wants to remind his students of what they already know. They already know a lot of things. So he reaches back to this prior text. And of course, if you see it in verse 1, we're talking about the faith that God has given us, uh, the faith uh, that deals with the righteousness of God, our Savior, and Jesus Christ, and also how grace and peace have been multiplied to us. Right? Those are key doctrines in knowing who God is. Then in verse 3, seeing that uh, He's a powerful God and He's granted all this power to us so that we have everything pertaining to life and godliness. We have everything that we need spiritually. And it's all because we know Him. It's about His glory and excellence. And then it talks about His magnificent and precious promises. These are amazing. These are all the things that he wants them to recall. Keep this in mind. It'll be easy to forget. Like, I, I, uh, what was my first question? What did we talk about last week? <laughs> yeah, how easy to forget. But we are partakers of the divine nature. Man, Peter is just building up on this precious promises, the very divine nature of God, knowing who Christ is, having the righteousness of Christ, having His grace, having His peace. Aren't those incredible? And then he said, okay, now I want this to be put into your practice. Add on to the faith that you already have. And then he used these virtues, moral excellence and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and brotherly kindness and, and love. And he says, if you have those things, then you can know for sure that you are saved, you have assurance But if those things aren't being added to your life, then people are going to start having trouble with assurance. Am I really a Christian? If those things aren't uh, being abundant in our lives, we can become what? Short-sighted. 
of course, that's what we uh, dealt with the last couple of weeks. And then uh, last week was really about being diligent about the calling. His choosing you and His calling you. Be diligent about that. You know, be uh, uh, alert. Really be thinking about that. Be all the more diligent to make certain who you are in Christ. You should know that. Know it for certain, for sure. And that um, you didn't do anything to gain it. It was all Him and His choosing, His calling. And you won't stumble. And there will be a grand entrance into heaven for you. A grand entrance right now in that kingdom as uh, we, we walk on. So with all that being said now, He comes up and there's the therefore, isn't it? There's the therefore. All of what we just added to that. And uh, I think when we're talking about um, always being ready to uh, be reminded, it's talking about don't forget, uh, remember. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a little bit of a tour in the Old Testament about God telling His people to remember. Don't forget. Keep teaching yourselves Constantly. Why do we have so many Bible studies and worship services? Why do we have so many CDs that we listen to and reading the Bible all the time? Wouldn't just once a week be good enough? Well, knowing how we forget, <laughs> no, it's not good enough. We need to constantly be being fed with that. And then sure enough, we'll start forgetting certain parts of the Bible. And if we haven't touched a certain part in a while, we will forget. It is to our advantage um, that we be in it much um, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 here is schooling here is what schooling is really about and schooling really is meant that people would know God and like uh, early uh, in the early uh, history of our country people wanted to be able to read, have their kids be able to read so they could read the Bible. That's really... Yeah. That's still the history. It's just in some schools, that's not the case. Yeah, and in most schools, it's not the case. It's right. Christians, we would like... You know what I mean? That's what we want, isn't it? That's what we... That's why... But some of us can't afford our kids to, to private or can't afford to homeschool. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. That's per- you, you get it. You get it. Uh, and and really, if you look in Deuteronomy 6, you're talking about homeschooling. Here's homeschooling right here. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently. Does that word sound familiar? You know how often Peter's done that? In Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your sons... And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Everywhere. Always. Just being able to talk about the things of God and teaching them 
all the things that they need to know that's in this world and knowing that where it comes from, what it's about, that's, that's what it is. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which He swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build and houses full of good things which you did not fill and hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant and you eat and are satisfied. It says all those things when you come to the land are going to be there. You didn't put them there. You didn't plant them. They were already planted. They were there. And how blessed it was going to be when they would enter into that land. And he says, then watch yourself that you do not, here we go, forget the Lord. Watch yourself. Be diligent, right? But about this. Watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. You shall fear only the Lord your God and you shall worship Him and swear by His name. And it talks about not following other gods and, and such. Do you, do you see what he's talking about? Don't forget what He's done for you. But how often and how easily it is when the great God who is almighty, almighty, has given us everything that we need, we forget what He's done for us. You know, we, we have to be reminded, don't we? And, of course, we have Thanksgiving coming up. And that's a great Christian holiday, really, because it reminds us that we are to be giving thanks. It's a special day, but actually we are to be doing that when? Giving thanks always, continuously. And, and that's a great part of worship, isn't it? So Deuteronomy 6 just kind of lays it out there. If you go to chapter 7, verse 18, again, along the same lines, verse 17, if you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them. You shall well remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. So when you go into the land, you're going to have to wipe out these people. And he says it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to seem overwhelming to you but don't forget, I'm the one who does it. I'm the one who did it then. Remember what I did, right? Is what God is saying. And I think that's such a key. We, we forget sometimes what He has done. He's never let us down, has He? He's always come through for us. He's given us everything we need. So there He's reminding them. Uh, go to chapter 8, verse 2. Pretty hard today, right? Just 6. 7 and 8. <laughs> Verse 2, You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years that He might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep His commandment or not. Remember all the way through this. All the trials that they were going to go through. And that's whenever they started complaining and carrying on. Right? There's rebellion going on. And he said, remember, you know, I'm the one who led you in that wilderness. Those trials are for your good there. The testing, it shows what's in the heart. Go to First Chronicles chapter 16. First Chronicles 16, 12. So constantly God tells His people to remember Him. I don't think He'd have to do that, would you? Remember His wonderful deeds which He has done, His marvels and the judgments from His mouth. Well, that's a part of worship. That is worship. Remembering what He has done. 
knowing what He's doing for us right now, and then, of course, right on into the future, knowing what He will do there. But when we encounter some kind of difficulties, all we have to do is go back and see what He's always done. Look at Him. Look at the marvels, the wonderfuls, marvels, the judgments that, that He's done on, on the enemies. Let's go to the New Testament. By the way, in the Old Testament, you can go on and on and on. Remember, don't forget. Remember, don't forget. Bingo. Thank you. They they built these memorials, these stones. Here's my memorial the last week. That's why. See, I can't keep it in my memory, so I put it on this one. Ah, there you go. But if it doesn't stick in the head, I've got it right here. Right. That's a memorial right there. You know. where it talks about teaching to your children and you should diligently teach them in the day and at the night and all this sort of thing. Uh, it, I am just, I'm sure we all are, so appalled by how far away we've gotten from that. When you talk about the early educational system in the United States and how, this, like uh, Sue was talking about last week, how that even this, you know, the little, uh, oh, I can't remember what the little reader was that had you know, Adam Sand and all this kind of stuff had all these things in it, and, and little kids knew this stuff. Well, we were in a small church on the inside of town a few years ago, and we helped in the youth group for a little while. And there were kids in there that had been raised in church. Now, they could tell you all the movies, they could tell you all the pop stars, they could tell you all the sports figures, they could tell you all the superheroes. But they thought that Joseph was in the lion's den, and they thought that Noah was in the fiery furnace. I mean, <laughs> it was terrible. It was appalling. And now they're out there in the world because they, they don't know they don't know the word of God, they don't know anything, and they don't believe it. Because they stopped using what? Because somewhere they forgot. Let the Sunday school guys teach that. I don't have to say anything, right? Yeah, part. Well, and you know, and then the opposite of what Dwayne's saying, and it really gladdens my heart when I teach preschoolers on Sunday. I have one little girl who comes in there, and you know, her parents teach her the word all through the week. She comes in and knows the way the lesson is set up. There's an activity to do that kind of leads into it. And she'll go, oh, are we doing Daniel today? Or because she knows it so well, and she has verses memorized. Why is that, Barb? Why is that? Because her parents work with her on that every single day. That's she, what it's all yeah, about. And, and they taught her since the time she was, like, two years old. They're, and they're still teaching her how to pray for people in the church by name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should add a corrective. I'm sorry, were you done, Barb? Well, I was I was just going to say one more cute thing too. I think you guys know who I'm talking about, but her dad is a real, just he he, he prays so wonderfully. But um, and if he teaches her, when you normally have preschoolers and you say prayer before their snack or something, you know, you teach them to bow their head and not necessarily fold their hands, but close their eyes. Well, this little girl always volunteers to pray, and instead of going like that. Father in heaven, because that's what her dad does. That's how that's how he teaches her. So that that aspect of it gladdens my heart. But what you say is so true. Yeah. 
Well, a corrective to the story is that when Barb brought that up, Sherry reminded me of the little girl there. I that her, She was five years old, and she knew the Bible better than the 10-year-olds and the 12-year-olds <laughs> and even the 18-year-olds. Yeah, I think this little girl... Because girl mom and dad talk. There's the reason. Yeah, and these kids aren't homeschooled either. They're public schools, but they get Bible and devotions every day. That the, it, And that's the whole point. They are to get the teaching of the, this. This the very roots should be coming right from the household. Of course, a lot of them now they don't have a, a, a Christian mom and dad. You might even have some kids there that don't. Their, their mom and dad don't go to church, but they're they're just sent there. That right. that happens in a lot of places. Their mom and dad aren't Christians, or they only have one yeah. parent. Or well, the parents have to take their role as the spiritual leader of the family, especially the father, very seriously. And in in this case, you know, he does. And you can, and you can have all sorts of church kids, but if those, if their Christian mom and dads don't teach them, why will why will they know anything? Sure, they can learn a few things in Sunday school. I'm not knocking Sunday school, and I'm just saying that is not what Deuteronomy is talking about. It's talking about all the time, all through the week. Just you know, and it doesn't have to be a set down time where let's go out the devotional kids. I know whenever I did that of, of mornings to start the day, it was like I could just I wondered. Oh, I'm sure they're really looking forward to this, yeah. <laughs> but we did them anyway. You know, little girl has more Bible verses memorized than I do. I guess that's really not saying much because I'm not good at memorizing. But <laughs> being not even five years old, it's pretty impressive. It's being outside. It's looking up at the stars, telling them you know where those came from. Looking you know just looking at the heavens, uh, all around uh, the plants and animals. Yeah, Dwayne. Well, when you get it when you're little, those are the ones that stick with you the best. At least that's my I still remember the ones that I was taught in, you know, in church when I was little, better than the ones that learned later. Amazing how that sticks. It's a uh, line upon line and precept upon precept, and you just build a little bit here and a little bit there, and it builds that foundation. Even though it may not seem like sometimes they're even getting anything, some really do, and then some don't seem to be shining. But believe me, uh, God's working in that. It, uh, it does. That's right. We listened to a video last night for a conference in 2012. And I guess it was R.C. Jr. that was talking. And uh, he said, the most dangerous time in a young person's life is freshman college. Uh, because most of them, they've They've been in nursery, they've been in Sunday school, they've been in youth group, they've been in all these things. They've never been in church. They don't sit in church and hear the preaching of the Word. And he says all it takes is one professor when they're a freshman in college to destroy everything that you thought they knew. Well, does it also say that we water down the Word too much? Even at the preschool age, I don't remember if it was him who was talking. I heard somebody talking about that, and they said sometimes, what, like the one about you know Cain flew Abel. You know, we don't tell the preschoolers that. We teach them a different lesson out of it. No, it's but a, it's they a, need to, you know, they need to know what it what it's it is. It's a planograph story to occupy their time. Yeah. But they don't know the word behind it. Right. Yeah. And then so many yeah. churches have these youth church services where they got a kid teaching it. It's a youth, a youth 
he, he, he's grown up yeah. in the youth church. Mm-hmm. He went to Bible school, and now he's out there, and he's a kid. He hasn't learned from the older people. He hasn't learned from the elders. He hasn't learned from the minister, and he's teaching his flannel graph to these high schoolers. And so it's all remember. just flannel graph copy. Yeah. You know, I put L in the sand, flannel graph. Yeah, why has the church been divided? You have an age group here, and they have all their friends together. You have another age group over here, and they have all their friends together. And then, the, the, and that's the way that they think of church. And you look in the Bible, and you don't see it that way at all. You see the whole family, all families coming together and worshiping God. We don't come to church to get friends. That's what has been taught in our generation and on way back, even way before me, that started somewhere in the 1900s whenever they started dividing up into the little classes and little groups. There can be time and place for that. I don't want to run it all the way down, but it seems like that's what Eldon, I think, and you guys are getting at there. Um, I think it comes down to what... What what does the Bible have to say about families? What does it have to say about worship? And we've so grouped it out that young people don't talk with old people. Old people don't talk with younger people. And we should all be in this thing together as, as families and as one great big family learning who God is. And those little guys can learn how to worship whenever they are with Older people, seeing people, how to worship. That's what Jehovah's Witnesses do. My next-door neighbor's a Jehovah's Witness, and she has a five-year-old and a six-year-old. And they go, they call it meetings, and they go to meetings. And everybody plays a part in there. They have verses to memorize, whether they're 70 or whether they're seven. And they get called on, and they have to um, know that verse and study it, defend it. They learn apologetics from... Now, you might be making people uncomfortable. <laughs> I know what you're saying. That's but why they're so convincing. They learn that stuff. Of course, they're learning wrong things, right. absolutely, but absolutely. they do They do have them together. But that together. shows you yeah. how well children can learn. And, and you don't discount kids just because they're little. Like you said, they can learn, and they need to learn the truth. Oh, they learn all the age. basic things they need to learn in the first very formative years. They learn how to talk and walk, all the basic things that we need. Yeah, freedom. You know, it's the same, you know, I sometimes would use all children short. Mm-hmm. How much they can learn, but when I was really young, my mother evidently was quite sick, and she sent me to live with a preacher on and off for the probably first four or five years of my life. And that's where I got a lot of knowledge, because they weren't the kind that set the kids up. I mean, you were right there with them in their house and at the church all the time. And, and that was why I never stole anything, because I knew if I said I was going straight to hell. <laughs> you thief. They practiced that Deuteronomy 6. Yeah. Uh, it was just around all the time. It was just part of it. It's not one of those times, okay, let's sit down and let, now let's learn this. You know, it's, it's, it's just a part of life. It's it's ongoing, constant. And uh, if they get so grounded with that, like Ellen's saying, then when they're when they as soon as they get challenged in the secular college, which I think I think it's like ninety percent or eighty percent, it's a huge number that just drop out of church. I've already dropped out. I'm understanding now. Junior high kids, 
it was high school, it was college, then it was high school, now it's junior high kids uh, that are dropping out uh, of church. You don't even see that age around that much anymore. So, yeah. That's interesting. That's a big concern. Vadi Bacham. How many here have heard of him? He really goes on a on a pretty good rant on this on this topic that we're talking about. We're not alone with what we're talking about here. Uh, some of the most biblical people that we know are saying the same things, and they're looking at the youth thing, and they're thinking, "Have we gone about this all the wrong way?" Uh, they're looking at, at at the statistics, and most of those same kids that are in the youth groups that go into college, those are the same ones that get changed around almost like the first day, if not you know, not the first day. Then within that week, within that semester, they um, are, are challenged with Christianity, and they can't, they don't have the foundation enough to support them. Why? Because mom and dad let them learn all their education of the Bible at Sunday school and youth group. You know, they do that. That's their job. I don't have to do that. And that's where the problem is. I really believe. So that's that's what I'm hearing. And so I, I hear that. I've heard that story over and over and over again. They're learning some of the worst things in the youth group. Some of the worst things and some of the, the dating things they have. They they just change, you know, uh, partners or whatever throughout. I mean, it's, it's horrific. The silver lining to that, though, is, you know, you hear so many people, married, young married couples, how'd you meet your husband? Oh, I met him in a bar when we were both drunk. You know, it sounds a lot nicer to say, oh, I met him at youth group at church. <laughs> <laughs> and, don't, and don't get me wrong. There are, there are some really good youth ones going along, but evidently there's a lot more that's happening just because they're in a youth group doesn't mean everything's really good. But, right. yeah, I hear you. While we're on the soapbox, <laughs> <laughs> Eldon, can I blame you? If you get us started on this, I can blame you, right? No. And, and then I'll stop. But you know, one thing that just breathes into the core is that this in in America, especially and now it's being transported around the world. Is I mean, it started with the secular world. This whole thing about the idolatry of youth and that the old people are to be cast off. They're not important. What they have to say, what they have to contribute is not important. Everything is about me, 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 youth, youth, youth. And it is just absolutely permeated the Christian world. It's youth. The, 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 everything. It's, it's all got to be cool. It's all, I mean, even Jesus has to be cool. You know, they're going to come out with Jesus the Surfer Bible next week. <laughs> you know, I think they already have one. You know, Jesus, Jesus did not come here to be cool. He is God. And we've got it so worked. Okay, I'll quit. Hey, hey, I love it. It's the holiness of God, the holiness of Christ. One other comment. I'm just going to say, since we got the soapbox going, what are we doing in this church for our youth that are 
Yeah, we took all yeah. the toys out of out of our preschool room yeah. because they were too much of a distraction. Is there anything in there that's teaching them what we want them to learn? Well, that's that's a thing that we've kind of talked about and bantered back and forth and trying to because we haven't got the best setup for for it at all for our our little guys. Reach here than more for our older youth that are sitting here maturely like adults and taking all this. Yeah. They've done that since they were a little snot-nosed teenagers. Pre-teens. Pre-teens. There was a lot of pressure brought to have children's church. We had children. We did have a nursery for like babies and stuff. Had children in the church. And my granddaughter was taught, she was four at this time, that she was to maintain respect I told her, you do not talk, you don't ask your mom and dad or any questions, you don't get up. You know, this is, we've come to honor God. She told me, she said, it's so boring. <laughs> and I said, that, that won't hurt you. You ain't going to sit and all that. <laughs> well, my daughter said that one time they had a couple families over for dinner. And they'd all been to church, and they were talking some theological points. And Colleen, who had been sitting there eating, she suddenly said, Well, that's not what Grandpa says. (laughs) 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 So, that's good. 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 And everybody said they don't get anything at that age from sitting in church, and they're bored. So... That's right. But that's one thing I like about coming here and I don't I know I don't come to your church, but your Bible says when the Columns brought their girls, yeah. you know, the little one was noisy, but she was taking in a lot of information. <laughs> While she was here too, and I thought they did very, very well. I that did, did they, uh, he told me that, and really, it came down to the kids uh, having having some other kids, yeah. uh, and then being able to have. I think they want to get back in tra- traditional Sunday school setting, but uh, at first they had said they wanted their kids out with them. We go for a long time. We go for, like on Sundays, we go for two hours, which is highly unusual for a worship setting. Uh, And I know that can be to a disadvantage. Um, The thing is, is that I I do believe that uh, we've bought the thing where, and I was told this whenever I was uh, teaching in prison uh, seminars and such, don't ever talk over 15 minutes because people can't go any further than that. They can't think any further. Uh, if Is that where we have gotten to? You know, they can sit and watch TV and movies and all that and be entertained and video games for hours and hours, but don't don't talk the Bible over 15 minutes because well, you'll just lose them. It's just about anything. There's a book, I think it's called The Dumbing Down of America or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's not just that. They're talking about that in all aspects. The Chinese underground church uh, tells foreign pastors come to the United States, don't our foreign mission boards or whatever, don't send your ministers if they can't preach at least two hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and they have ministers come over wow. and give a 40-minute sermon or a 20-minute sermon. 
they had a lot of them come and give a 20 minute sermon. The sermonettes. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, the, their guys preach for two hours, three or four hours. The underground church. Well, thanks, Dwayne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me the ideas. Yeah, now you can go over and do this. You know, what is it? Uh, sermonettes for Christianettes. <laughs> yeah. But we're, we are to be trained to, to, to think, aren't we? Look in John fifteen twenty. Here's a, another reminder here. Remember the word that I said to you. This is Jesus speaking. Remember the word that I said to you. A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So anyway, there's Jesus reminding them to uh, remember what He had said. Him him being uh, the slave. Acts 20, verse 35. Radical. We must be radical people saying some of these things that go against the grain of tradition. The church has built up a lot of traditions, isn't it? Acts 20, 35, And everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that He Himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus had said that. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus as that's stated in in Acts. Just a little bit of remembering, reminding. How about Romans 15, 15? These are just a few. Always remember. 15, 15. But I have written very boldly to you on some point so as to remind you again because of the grace that was given me from God. He's talking about him being a minister. Uh, being the apostle, uh, uh, giving out the gospel, um, but knowing uh, that all this was from the grace of God. So and he, w- he wants them to remember that. Uh, Jesus said um, about the Lord's Supper, do this in remembrance of Me. It helps us to remember. As often as you do this, necessarily say when or how often, but he is saying when you do this, you're remembering. So the more that you do it, actually, the more you're going to remember what that's all about. Even though the heart of the gospel is there, you know, the the uh, the death of Christ is being proclaimed. Boy, it is good to remember. It's remembering what He has done for us, right? Remember, setting up those memorials in our minds. Philippians chapter three, verse one. Finally, brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing again is no trouble to me and to safeguard for you. (laughs) That's Paul writing. And uh, there he's going to start talking about beware of the, uh, the evil workers, the false circumcision. And... uh, but anyway, he says, I, I'm just going to tell you some things. You already know about it, he's saying. But it's no trouble to me to tell you again. Kind of like what Peter was saying, isn't it? Uh, Luke 22.19, I think maybe that's the that might be the passage I just talked about there in uh, Do This in Remembrance of Me. Is that what that one is? 
When he had taken some bread and given them thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Much of the ministry is reminding people. And I know that, that sometimes we can say, Well, I've already heard that before. Well, good. <laughs> because the day I announce that we're going to learn something new is the day you need to kick me out of here. Now, it's not that I'm not going to try to give you new fresh insights or you know, historically and background and maybe some things there that maybe I've picked up. I want to share it with you. I want you to be able to have some fresh things there. But the Word of God is the Word of God. There are really only so many doctrines in here. And all those principles are all there. You have those already ingrained. You've had them there for years. Uh, my thing is is that maybe we have a more clear understanding on certain things. Uh, it's a ministry of reminding people. They already know these things. That's, a, that's what Peter's saying here. Therefore, I always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not really telling you anything really new here. Um, how fast do we forget? I want to tell you there have been surveys done. This is scary. There have been surveys done down through the years that say this, and it's scary to me, that within an hour after one has heard a sermon, they forget 90% of it. <laughs> I forget 90% of what I studied all week. What, 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 what's going on? Kind of frightening, isn't it? What do we do about that? What do we do? How do you overcome this? Well, you keep repeating the same things over and over and over again. And it's not boring. And it shouldn't be. That's why the preacher has to keep studying and keep gaining new insights and fresh insights. Otherwise, he keeps saying the same thing. That's why I will use notes because I know these basic principles here and I could just read it and more or less... uh, And just reading is good enough. But to be able to explain it maybe in a little bit different way than I did last time, that's why I don't even I don't really bother to go back and go through my notes because my main problem is I can't find them. <laughs> I don't know where I put those, so I have to go study anyway. But you know, I'll probably use a lot of stuff that I already had before. Uh, but maybe I can say it in a different way or add some other things in there. That's that's what teachers, preachers do. You know, they're they're basically saying a lot of the same stuff, but you know, it's 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 coming off with a way that will will keep it exciting. And the word of God is exciting. Break it down. Well, that's, that's interesting when you think about you know God made us and He made the human brain, and that's just a the way the human brain is made. I learned in all my education courses. You know, we remember ten percent of what we hear, twenty percent of what we read, forty percent of what we do. You know, to try and get people to do more hands-on stuff. And I think He made it that way for a reason, so that. Preachers can preach on it over and over again, but with different applications and, like you said, different insights. Because if we heard it once and remembered everything, you know, I think that's part of the plan. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm maybe I'm looking at this wrong, but I've I've always, or for a long time, because I know that I I do I forget. I mean, when you when you I didn't look at my notes when you said can you remember what I preached on last Wednesday night, and I couldn't. 
couldn't think of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. but, but part of it is that we are being spiritually fit. And just like a meal, I don't remember what I ate a week ago but it fed me at that time it nourished me at that time and so it builds often, you doesn't it right yeah. and so often when uh, I hear the word of God we're teaching the word of God I, there is something and I know it's not just me it's for everybody that it, it builds the inner man it strengthens the inner man it strengthens your faith and you may not remember it but it has built you up or maybe you don't yep. remember who said it but later I know the Holy Spirit then brings that, those thoughts, that thinking back up to your mind when right. you're into a situation where you need it. Yes. You don't remember, you know, like what was said last Wednesday, word for word, or when you just come out and ask us like that. But if you start talking about it again, you're st- the thoughts are going to be there. The past, he doesn't remember anything. He really does. I mean, he does. It's just that he's not, you know, he can't Test out with Take it out, you know, like right away. But if somebody starts talking about, well, yeah, then then it's there. Yeah, and like five years ago, mm-hmm. you go back and and there wasn't anything to be able to to there wasn't anything there. Now you look at it and that's been built up, hadn't it? Right. And and you look you look back at uh, your life and you look back a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, if if you've been around that long as a Christian or whatever. And you see how the line upon line, and it's all—it's not for naught. Even when you say, "I don't know all the little details and all those little messages that I've heard," but all those things added to what you've already had, so it's not a waste. Even though we're saying negative things here, like losing ninety percent of our memory of what we just heard, but we're really not because God is stacking that up. But like you say, it, it, there's a need for us to keep. Feeding. I like the, uh, the analogy of, yeah. of of eating last week. Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea what I ate last Wednesday night. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I'm sure glad I did because it must have been something there that kept me going. <laughs> yeah, and I don't remember what you said in Bible study three years ago, but I bet you if I had a situation come up, I can remember back. I may not remember back to that specific time, and I can remember your teaching on that. Right. Something there. Oh, so, yeah. I know that when we uh, we've talked about like done some biographies of people, and you hear it one time, and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, this is who wants to hear a biography? Then you start learning about those people, and now you know you can't get enough. But you want to you want to hear it again, or you want to hear something a little bit more, like a Jonathan Edwards. You know, you say that to most people, and they go. Oh. Then you you realize who this man was and and how God used him and you start getting the little details and you, you go back into the scripture of what he believed and then you know it's just those kind of things we we have to know the gospel. As a matter of fact, it's been said many times, but I think it was um, I think Jerry Bridges has said this many I, many people have said it. I think Martin Lloyd Jones probably is the first one I heard say it. We need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. And that's about as simple as it gets. Yeah, I, I'm sorry that I'm talking so much, Rob. That's I'm okay. About, I'm excited about things we're talking about. Uh, you know, I was I was in the Pentecostal, charismatic, word of faith movement for so many years, and I saw so many things. And there are many very sincere people in there, and so I'm not meaning to just you know cast dispersion on the whole thing. But uh, I don't know how many times I've 
the reason I'm saying this is because you said if you ever hear me say I'm going to do something new, that's when you need to kick me out. I don't know how many times I've heard it's a new day or it's a new way or, you know, a new, 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 and it was always looking for some new experience. And, and, and then, of course, the big one was you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. You'll never be the same again. And everybody that walked out the door was the same. <laughs> the, people, the people that came in to be healed went out needing to be healed. Uh, I mean, that's just the way it was. And and when when I found biblical expository preaching and found that it was the true, simple gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God that never changes, it has always been, it will always be, and that is what sets us free. I don't know how to explain the difference in the beauty and the glory of that compared to who have got to have a feeling. You know, yeah. it's just there's no comparison. Wow. What a statement. That's me. Sorry. <laughs> that's but that's man, thank you. <laughs> that's so much you're talking about just the expository right. verse by verse right. reading and teaching of the word. Something reminded yeah. of the word so much we were being told what we were gonna get, what we were gonna hear from God. And and how many places it was always the same. We're the place where the big things are happening. Well, wait a minute. Three miles down the road, the place where the big thing was going to happen. And the big thing never happened. I used to play in clubs all the time. It was always, you wanted to play at where the hottest club was at. And people would move and they'd be shifting. They'd always go, whatever was the, you know, it could be a dump, but everybody's going there, they want to go there. (laughs) And then it became like, hey, here's the hottest church in town. So everybody goes there. And then later on, say, how's that? Then they're over here. And then they're over here. I, I saw that quite a bit. Sound teachers, number three, are in earnest. They're earnest because they know that life is short. Peter knew his life was uh, was short uh, in the sense that it was. He's probably somewhere uh, late in his life here as he's writing this. Maybe just before that he's going to be killed. Uh, and he's talking about living as a pilgrim. I'm not going to try to take too much longer. But look at this, verse 13. He, 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 and, he's, and he's really cool with the people. He says, is this, this truth has been established in you. You already have it. You already know it. It's present with you. And then he says, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. So... <laughs> I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling. What kind of earthly dwelling? Well, the earthly dwelling here is skene or tent. While I'm in this tent, this and this body is is our tent. Second Corinthians chapter five. Uh, as long as I'm in this earthly dwelling, a tabernacle or tent. Tents are temporary dwellings. If you go to a motel, you don't go and move in your refrigerator and your favorite bed. And by the way, I think I'll bring in my favorite couch into the motel. No, you're only going to be there for a very short time. Very temporary. You're not moving it in. And so it is as we are 
people who are in temporary dwellings. These bodies, it's temporary. It's not forever. Thank the Lord. And you think of Abraham and uh, some of them. They, you know, that was a pattern of life. They would put the tent. They would be there for a while, and then they would take it up, and move on to the next place. Then they'd put the tent back, set it up, live there for a little bit, move on. It was temporary, transitory. As long as I'm, on, I'm in this little tent, Peter's body that he's in this world the way it is, he he's going to continue to stir them up to get them going. He's just passing through. And so he knew that eternal matters were were there. They were very important. Um, so he stirs them up by reminder. Uh, Richard Baxter, the, he said, I preached as never sure to preach again and as a dying man to dying men. That meant for that very moment. He didn't know how much longer he would be around. Peter uh, knew that um, his time was probably very short. He talks about being diligent uh, constantly. Um, matter of fact, in verse 15, and I will be diligent that at any time after my departure, after my exodus. That's that same word that's used on the Mount of Transfiguration when Moses uh, and Elijah are talking with Jesus and he was talking about his departure or his Exodus, his being crucified, being taken out. And so, you know, Peter is really diligent on this because he wants this to keep on going and he knows it will. God will keep that doing that. But he says, as long as I'm here, I'm just going to keep reminding you. I'm going to stir you up. I'm going to waken you out of your laziness. That's the idea. I'm going to waken you out of your sleep. I'm going to waken you out of your lethargy. I'm going to waken you. Uh, stir you up. That's the kind of the idea. And of course, you can think of Peter himself when Peter, James, and John were in the garden at the most crucial time to be praying along with uh, what Jesus was going to be doing. And they, what were they doing? They were sleeping. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, I was going to do the third chapter of Jeremiah, and uh, we're not going to do that because we're out of time. But I do want you to look at one verse. Jeremiah, uh, I think that's, that's three, I think I have there, right? Uh, I don't know if I put it down there for you or not. Um, but it's about Israel forgetting. I hope I have the right chapter. I'm sorry, I'm trying to... Yeah, well, actually, I was going to do the whole chapter, but um, 23, I think, is the verse that I was really hitting at. Did you say chapter 3? Yeah, that's the chapter. Chapter 3. Then he talks about how faithless Israel was, the ten tribes, and of course he judged them. And then Judah, and they're even held more responsible, and they were even worse than Israel, he says in that section in the first... Uh, Oh, ten verses. He then brings that out. Then he invites them to repent. And if we look in verse 21, just because of time's sake here, um, a voice is heard on the bare heights, the weeping and the supplications of the sons of Israel, because they have perverted their way. They have forgotten the Lord their God. After all that He had done for them, and... Um, 
you know what uh, what the blessings they had had, and they forgot how easy it is to forget after after all that opportunity. And you go into Psalm one nineteen, and he says, "I shall take delight in thy statutes; I shall not forget your word." Uh, Though I become like a wineskin in the smoke, I do not forget your statutes. I will never forget your precepts. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget the law. Uh, I am small and despised, and yet I do not forget your precepts. Look upon my affliction and rescue me, for I do not forget your law. And the very last verse, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget your commandments. That's all in that the, the biggest psalm, uh, the longest chapter in the Bible. It's all about the Word of God, every verse there. And so often it's saying, I don't want to forget. And Peter here is saying, I don't want you to forget. My death is imminent. It's coming. It's coming. It could be coming soon, or it, when it happens, it'll happen quickly. And he got crucified, and he was crucified upside down. Why? Because he didn't want to be crucified exactly the way his Lord was and didn't want to be even taking on uh, that uh, that sense of glory. But his wife died before him. He had to watch his wife die. She was crucified. That's the way uh, traditional story goes. An excruciating death. And he kept saying, Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. He kept telling his wife that as she was being crucified. He was not worthy to be crucified like the Lord, and so then he was crucified upside down, which is what happened. This is Peter, and he knew that that was coming, and he says, I'll be diligent, and uh, even after I'm gone, I'll make my exodus, you'll be able to call these things in mind. Some of the things that we've seen in chapter 1, the first 11 verses, those are incredible. The precious promises and the partakers of divine nature and knowing Christ. I mean, just go on and on. Don't ever forget those things. Don't ever forget. So keep reminding, right? We're here to keep reminding each other. Thank you guys for coming out. And I know you have to remind me that we better stop or we could go on forever. We could go on for that three or four hour thing. This is Wednesday night. (laughs) Dearly Father, we thank You for Your Word. Thank You for Your truth. Lord, help us to remember the things of precious truths. We can forget all the things that happen out in the world. Those are just worldly things that really don't amount to to really anything when it's all said and done. But Your truth does. Those are the things that are precious. And we need to constantly be being reminded how important it is to know You and not forget. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you.